Hey, welcome to the Northview Extra Podcast. My name's Daniel. I am no longer an intern. What kind of am? And I'm joined around the table. What are you, Daniel? I think I am a summer worker currently. And next year, Greg, I will be a... You're going to be called a pastoral intern because you're going to be in our Immerse program. So I hear intern again. Yeah, it's still you're still an intern. So I Sorry. guess you're still an intern. Hey, my name's Andy Steiger. I'm on the show. It's been a while. Good to be back. It has been a few, Andy. Before you, you've I've been, been missing the show, missing missing you guys. You've been missing. Have you been missing uh, making That's a great lot, radio? I don't miss it though. Have you been making missing <laughs> making some great radio talk here, Andy? Dude, this isn't radio. This is a podcast. There's a different. Dan- Daniel knows that I just don't like it when we call what we do radio because it's not. It, it is the it's, it is the modern. It's audio. I'll give you that. We are just three men <laughs> sitting in a room Greg's making here. some great audio. Yeah, I'm Join here with you. Gregory Harris. Thank you. Greg, good to be in your presence. Uh, it, likewise. Can I just point out something, though? That this summer series that we've had going on for the Extra Podcast, these Nobodies uh, interviews, mm-hmm. have been great. Because it's great to be able to record a bunch of these little interviews and have them sprinkled throughout summer because people's schedules are so hit and miss in summer. And you guys all know, because you're, you listening, your schedule is all over the place in summer too. So I think it's been a really refreshing little hiatus. It's mm, been good as it were. And And we, we appreciate your patience with us. And we'll probably do some of those nobodies podcasts like sprinkled in on a kind of an ongoing basis. Not, not every week like we've been doing in summer these last few weeks, but probably once in a while have a little, little reprieve. Cause let's be honest, sometimes we don't have anything to say. So the, the robot will be taking a this is back a, seat. This is a gap. This is a gap in the plan though, right? Like I, I've heard a lot of people, uh, provide feedback on their appreciation for the robot. Yeah. Mm. Some people, some people love the robot. Hate the robot. Some people even say that the robot should Some. be an elder at Northview. <laughs> That's one of the comments we got through an, an email. <laughs> they want to nominate the. They want to nominate the robot as an elder. Okay, well, we'll bring that to the discernment committee yeah, and uh, definitely could be looked into. See what happens. Speaking of robots, Andy and I got. Well, I got sucked into some fake news. Uh oh. The other day. Yeah, you did about robots. There was a an the article. Robot baby thing. No, no. There's an article published that said. Um, that Facebook had launched a their like a robotics program, mm-hmm. and they were they had to cancel it as soon as the robots began speaking in their own language. They said as soon as they realized that they were communicating with one another. And Daniel's all excited about this. You could see it in his eyes. Well, it's I look finally at, happening. I'm I like, knew this would happen. happen. I yeah. know. <laughs> I am ready. I am Daniel Markin, and and my time has come to fight the machines. And I look at Andy. I'm like, this is happening. And Andy looks at me with this dead stare. Daniel. This is probably fake news. Mm-hmm. And you know why I knew that, Daniel? It's because I had just recently got sucked into my own fake news where I had read that Joel Olstein. and I, saw, I read this on CNN, that's what really bothered me about it, but I read that Joel Olstein and his wife had quit their church to go into selling uh, facial cream, uh, skin cream, <laughs> and I bought it hook, line, and sinker, and I thought, this is amazing. And you signed up to buy the cream? Too? Right, and then I was trying to get the cream, and I realized, no, I have bit into fake news, but the part that got me, and this is the part that really concerns me. I mean, this is actually the irony even of the one you read. The one you read was on Facebook, mm-hmm. but the one that I read was on CNN, which should have both of, we, we, we both should have known better. Anyway. Ooh. Anyway, 
I guess you can. Are you calling out CNN? Oh, did I? Hot take. Hot take. This, Hot is, take. this is raw Do you know, internet I, radio. I feel like the only news channel I can even trust these days is the BBC. And then even there, I don't even know anymore. Really? Yeah. I'm you, upset. You are so skeptical. I am. I've gotten very skeptical. Wow. So where do you go for news then? Yeah, it's hard to know where to go. I'll tell you what, though. If you go to the Abbey News, it's some depressing stuff going on there. It sure is. Oh. Yeah, you know, people who... Abbotsford needs some prayer, man. For sure. We we do not live in a in a bubble untouched by some really well, sad in, things. And sometimes that bubble is closer than you think. Uh, in the shooting that just yeah. recently happened, uh, that that young man is my neighbor. Yeah, just down. I looked like two roads, from, took, two houses two down, from me. Yeah, you well, probably you probably could have heard the gunshots. No, no, no. The shooting didn't take place to me near me. The victim. The victim. Okay, because there was one of the shootings was right down from your house. Oh, well, I was looking that's, for that's the fantastic. Yeah. So at any rate, yeah, so they've been mourning for like this whole weekend since Friday. Uh, But I mean, just some sad stuff there. Which, uh, by the way, I did uh, preach a sermon on human value. Mm. And, uh, you know, sometimes, honestly, though, sometimes, you know, uh, when when you deal with drugs, right, and people in the drug trade, it can be very difficult. Uh, to how do you how do you navigate that situation? I mean, how how difficult must that be for that family? Mm. They're trying to mourn the loss of their son, but at the same time, there's so much shame as well, yep. knowing that their son was a part of the drug trade. You know, so it's it's what a mess. Yeah, that's a big mess. Andy, you um you mentioned like human value and whatnot. You are currently sipping from a mug that says the Human Project. Yeah, I made a a mug that that Greg doesn't like no no here let me clarify i feel like sometimes i'm misrepresented <laughs> greg you're here, a hater here let me clarify i think it is funny that the first thing that the human project produced was a mug <laughs> that's my only point i'm not i'm not discrediting the project i'm not saying it's i think it's a great project it's a fair critique i follow it i, I liked it and followed it on facebook i get updates i'm very excited to stay up to date i just think it's funny that the first thing that was ever produced was a mug well some people would like their own mug i would can i have one, one? one day you would like would you like i would one drink day? from one all right We'll make that happen. You like that? Uh, <laughs> the Human Project, Daniel. Uh, thanks for asking. Oh, Andy, uh, Apologize Canada and Power to Change are working together on a new video series. Some of you have checked out the Thinking Series, that video resource. Well, we're creating a new one called The Human Project, in which we deal with four questions that that are rev, you know revolve around our humanity that are catalysts for gospel conversations. Thought Greg would Greg wrote a book. Appreciate that shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Greg wrote a booklet. Can I make another clarification? Because sometimes I feel as though I'm misrepresented. <laughs> that there was a course at Northview called Gospel Conversations, and the lectures of said course were turned into a small, free booklet. Which you can, can sign. Can you confirm that you have signed a booklet? You I have signed mine. I signed Daniel Markin's booklet yeah. because... He was insistent on it. I wanted that before it went mainstream, before it got too large and the fame got to him. Respect. Well, bringing it back to Human Project, I appreciate these clarifications. No, this is very helpful. what I'm here for. Uh, we're dealing with four main questions. Gospel clarifications. Uh, <laughs> number one. one, what is human? Two, uh, what is the value of human life? Uh, three, uh, what leads to human flourishing? And fourth is uh, what should humans live for? So, Basically, using these four questions dealing with our humanity that 
that are addressed in the gospel. And, and really what our desire is, is to see this resource used on our university campuses, our churches, and our communities to get these conversations happening. And I got to actually say that I'm actually, I'm very excited about this project. And one of the things that excites me about it more and more is I think that we as a society are in a place where we need to have opportunities to discuss these important topics and to hear from each other. For example, I was preaching out at Mission uh, this weekend mm-hmm. on this, the topic of uh, what is the value of human life. And afterwards, I had a number of people come to me that really appreciated hearing the sermon because of the different ways that they have been devalued. Yep. Uh, devalued from racist you know, mm-hmm. points of view. One man, though, even came up to me and said how he had been devalued by his, 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 uh, stat, his size. Mm-hmm. But then the one that was just heartbreaking is this, beautiful uh, girl, teenage girl, Jordan, had come up and talked to me. She has cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just hearing from her was just, you know, I think we need to hear each other. Part of my story was how, um, part of my sermon was just how I had uh, experienced what it's like to be devalued as I was with my um, niece and uh, nephew that uh, one is adopted from Calcutta, the other one adopted from Uganda. And as you guys heard in my my sermon while we were in the park, a drunk man came in and began yelling racial slurs to them. And it was just one of those moments where you get a little taste of what people experience all the time. Mm. Uh, and it was just heartbreaking. Mm. But I think, I think we, A, we need a place that we could come and talk about these important things. And then, mm. and then most importantly, we need to hear how the gospel answers these fundamental questions about who and what we are mm. uh, as human beings. And where do we fit in? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and particularly where the church yeah. is a community that you will find nowhere, nowhere else. Amen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's uh, just a few experiences recently that have um, kind of confirmed some of this for me, that, that this is an issue, is uh, just the other day in the park with uh, Benji, who was uh, walking around with the assistance of one of the things he uses to help him walk, and uh, another kid, quite... quite um, just curious, asked his mom who was close by, like, what, it, what is that? Like, what are they using for that? And the mom's reaction close enough to us that we could hear was don't even look at kids like that. Don't even look at him. Don't talk to him. Don't look at him. And far enough away that we weren't being addressed close enough that we could hear. And, and you, you realize you have people who maybe out of fear or, just not knowing who are instilling these kinds of principles in the little minds of an, a, mm. an inquisitive kid who's saying, why does that boy need assistance walking and I don't? And him being taught that if someone is is visibly different from you, you don't even engage with them at the level you would your brother or sister. And this is even brought into one of the things that that I'm kind of ha- have a hobby horse on now because of my life situation. But you, you notice how people have a propensity for devaluing life in the kinds of ways that they make jokes, mm. right? It's, it's the, it's the use of words like retarded in joking conversations of, Oh man, that was so retarded that that happened mm. because yeah. it's an easy way to get a quick laugh by using a phrase that for a lot of people is just, it's benign because they don't feel the effects of it. And yet when you're there and you have a loved one who has challenges developmentally, you hear that. And all you can hear is a dehumanization of mm-hmm. people who struggle with developmental delays. And yet it's not like people are saying these things intentionally to be mean. 
I don't believe that woman taught her son in that moment something that she intended to be mean. It's just our default and, and that's is to hard, devalue. And that's the hard part, right? I mean, I am guilty of periodically mm-hmm. making those mistakes, and we need to be careful of those. At the same time, there there's a whole nother level where you appreciate that there is actual intention to mm. devaluing people at the same time that, right. that both of these things are taking yeah. place. Right. But then there's also the awkward thing too. Like maybe this mom, she's telling her kid not to stare because like, yeah, don't stare. Don't make that person feel awkward. Right. Too, which is like, how do we navigate both sides? Right. And yeah. I think, yeah, that's where we need to have, we need to have these conversations. Right. Which and, I've appreciated with Greg because, uh, you know, we actually had Greg out with a young adults event mm. where we watched a movie Yeah, with called, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, with Sarah. That's right. Where we watched a movie and discussed it called uh, Me Before You. Mm. And I just, you know, it was very insightful to hear from you and what you and Sarah have mm. gone through to to understand better. Mm. Right. And I think that's why conversations like these need right. to take place. Right. Uh, but but more than that, right, we need to hear from each other so we can build better community. Yep. But more than that, we want to show how the gospel provides us that foundation where we can even argue for things like uh, human value. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, without the gospel, without any sort of, like, baseline, mm-hmm. where do you argue? Like, how do you convince someone it even matters right. that, you, that you they don't. have human value? What I find in our secular culture is the only thing that you do is is you have silence on this issue and you just, you don't talk about it and you hope that nobody asks those deeper questions. Well, I mean, we were kind of just pointing out earlier before we started recording this radio show, Daniel, that's for you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) There was a video of this guy in May in the UK who was running on the side of the road and saw a lady in his running path and he responds by not running beside her, but by pushing her into traffic. Yeah. The UK is looking for this guy. Because now... Now other people are basically just hindrances to our own enjoyment of life. And what what is so? Because I can't I can't move out of the way. I'm jogging here. I know you're gonna right. break my stride, dude. <laughs> so bra, you're bro, gonna break my stride. You can't bra. break. I'm gonna I'm going for a personal. Record. So if you, by the way, if you haven't seen this video, this it's jogger crazy. going right by this lady just pushes her. She falls back, and I mean her head misses a. You know, it's a double-decker UK yep. bus. I know. And roads aren't inches. wide. It misses her head by inches. And roads in England are not wide either. They're it not. Is, like, narrow, so it's not like a lot of space for for correcting and getting out of the street. So here's what excites me about, uh, about the church in the 21st century in Western culture. Let's just talk about Abbotsford because this is where we are um, in the Fraser Valley area. I, I like that it's only really in the church where we have an opportunity to connect in meaningful ways with other people for a long period of time, like a lifetime, mm-hmm. to worship a God who is close to us and yet transcends us, and we have the opportunity to actually think deeply yeah. about things and not not have to have a hot take for our Facebook wall or whatever. Like I, I just think it's so that the local church community is going to be such a witness in our culture because we are a place where people will remain, where there's actually relationship that can be had and sustained, whereas in a social media world that that, that does not exist. We just have a very periphery, very surface level relationship with mm-hmm. hundreds and yet don't know any of them well. The church gets to be a counter to that. And not only that, but as we've already heard, the social media just 
propagates at a huge rate this like surface level understanding of everything Mm. like we only know a little bit about everything Mm. and and we're content with that and we all feel like experts and no one actually takes opportunities to sit and stop and think deeply about things to the point of even asking other people where do you think i'm wrong with this this is my here's a thesis i have does like do we even have people have a thesis about anything anymore this is what i think is true here's my rationale behind it poke holes so that we can understand this better i think it's the church moving forward we're not only where will we be able to relate deeply but we'll be able to think deeply together and actually have a formative worldview that will live itself out in the context of community and i think there are people who are starving for both something that they can dwell on in their minds that is rich and satisfying and true and beautiful, but also mm-hmm. a context where people can live that out yeah. in a way brother. that matters in their lives. Right. Because right. think about all the information we get, like most of the news. So the news about that shooting in Abbotsford, mm-hmm. it matters because that that's very relevant to us. Mm-hmm. But the stuff about this celebrity divorce or this person has a whooping cough, like they're getting sick and this celebrity, like that, so much of that news is mm-hmm. inconsequential to us. Like even to the extent of that that thing in London, it doesn't it it matters because it's pertaining to this human project and human value. But that type of news doesn't matter to us in Abbotsford. Mm-hmm. So we get hit bombarded with this news. It's just oversaturation, yeah. and so much of the news is inconsequential. Mm-hmm. But what you guys are saying is like when we get to come to church, we get to actually meditate and sit mm-hmm. upon ideas for a while. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'd give a shout out to a book by Cheryl Turkle that I mentioned also. Uh, this Sunday and last Sunday, uh, called Alone Together. Mm. And her research uh, just further confirms that. Mm. Uh, A, it confirms the deep loneliness Mm. in our society and how that continues to grow deeper through technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but more than that, it just further reminds me of uh, the fact that I need church mm. and that there are people at church that need me. Mm. Uh, you know, we often think about it so individually, you know, mm. do I want to go to church? We never yeah. think, oh, does Daniel need me at yeah. church? Does, you know, does Greg need yeah. me at church? Like we need each other. Right. And so, uh, we need community. Yeah. And actually that, that's it. I'm going to get to talk a lot about that this weekend in my sermon about what does the spirit fill us for? And one of the, the reasons the Spirit fills us is is for the purpose of encouraging others. Um, and yet, yeah, we've turned church into one more consumer thing where mm-hmm. it, where we, we consume it at, at a rate that we want in times that we want, um, by, by preachers that we want. Um, and so, yeah, it's just become another consumer product rather than the very fabric or foundation upon which we're supposed to walk out mm-hmm. our life following our God who saved us. So it's, uh, yeah. To some extent, it becomes entertainment, and I'm going to be entertained when I want. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And w- one of the things that I was mentioning as well uh, is, as you guys know, some of my, my PhD work is on this subject of what it actually is to be a human being. Yeah. And I think that's an aspect a lot of us don't even realize is, is what we were made, the purpose that we were made mm-hmm. for and the volumes that it speaks to not only our value, but I mean, who and what we are mm-hmm. and what's going to lead to our, our flourishing and what's not going to lead to our flourishing. Uh, and obviously this is, this is the message of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this continues to uh, flesh itself out. But this idea of the Holy Spirit, now you spoke on the, this Sunday, right, Greg? Mm, here's a segue Wow. We just talked. Look you know, that. Greg, you preached this weekend. I did. And just brought up the Holy Spirit. Would you know that Greg this last week preached on the Holy Spirit? Uh, what do you 
Are you asking me that question? No, I'm, it's just a rhetorical. Oh, for the listener? For, for, the, for radio's sake. <laughs> I felt like that was going to be a good transition. And, and then uh, Daniel. No, because you guys paused because you weren't paying attention. Yeah. You're tying your shoe, Greg. You <laughs> preached You preached on the Holy Spirit this weekend. I did. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What was your main overview? So my main point was um, I, I was at a retreat and I heard Dr. Daryl Johnson, who's a great preacher. He's the kind of guy who makes all preachers feel like they're terrible preachers because he's just so eloquent and likable. And it's hard to be both of those things. Um, he's, he read John 16, 7 that said, it's actually for your good, uh, for your advantage that I leave. Jesus is saying this so that the Holy Spirit, the advocate could come. And I heard that verse at this retreat and I didn't actually believe it. Like I didn't doubt it because it's the Bible and I want to believe what the Bible says about things. But when it comes to my own experience uh, in life, uh, when dark times have come, I have wanted Jesus beside me. And yet here's Jesus saying, it's actually for your good that I leave because even though I could be beside you, the Holy Spirit can be within you. So my, my goal with my sermon was to help us have a framework as, as Northview to understand why it's for our advantage that the Holy Spirit came. Um, and so the reasons I pointed out were that it's good the Holy Spirit came because uh, he's God who will guide us and he's God who's within us. So the first point, God who will guide us, my, my main point was that the Holy Spirit inspired scripture. And because the scriptures are inspired by God for all things we need to know um, and all truth we need to know, that means that it's it's our perfect, sufficient guide for what we need to believe about God and how to obey him. And that's good news because without the spirit, we don't have the scripture, but with the spirit, we do have the scripture, not only written, but we can actually understand it too. And that's a part of my sermon. I didn't get a chance to include just for sake of time, but it's not like the Holy spirit inspired the apostles to write and then leaves the scene. The Holy spirit fills us so that we can not just understand the argumentation of what the authors are writing, because lots of people can understand what Paul means to say in a certain part of his letter. But it takes the work of the Spirit to make it understandable and give us a desire to actually embrace it as true and good and beautiful. Hmm. And so it's not just that we can access the information, it's that we love the information. Hmm. Um, and it is a, it's a spiritual, supernatural event that takes place when we read the scriptures and we love what it says. Um, and so the Holy Spirit is active in our lives, even in one of the chief pieces of feedback I got from from some, a lot of people said that they were encouraged and that was great. But some of the chief criticism to my sermon that I heard was that to us, for us to say that the Holy Spirit inspired scripture and therefore is sufficient for us, what that means is we're, we're quenching the spirit because we're not giving him opportunities to speak in our lives. Mm-hmm. To which my response would be, I'm not saying that God won't through the spirit guide us extra biblically. What I'm saying is he doesn't need to. And that's the core of the argument, essentially, was, look, it's good that the Spirit came because now we have Scripture and we have all that we need to know what God wants us to know about Him and how to follow Him. And we don't have to worry if if Andy has more experiences than I do of, of having impressions or thoughts or or ideas that, that are apparently from the Lord to help guide him. I don't have to feel as though I am lacking in my close to Jesusness because I don't have as many of those events in my life to the same degree as he does Mm -hmm. because we both have a sufficient guide. It's called scripture and how God chooses to speak to us and through us 
in addition to that is all gravy, but is not necessary. And I think it's that necessary piece that was the frustrating part for people is that they, they felt like, no, the scripture's not all we need. It's authoritative in what it says, but it's not enough for all areas of our life. And that was, I think, the wrestling point for some people. And so this next week, I'm going to talk about what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit and how uh, the Spirit gives us gifts that are different, but he also gives us fruit that looks like the same in everybody. So hopefully these two-part sermons are going to be helpful for for people. Um, Greg, uh, what would you say are some of your chief concerns for people in the church and their understanding of the Holy Spirit? Uh, like does, you know, one of the things that, that you'll often hear, uh, with people that talk about that when they're reading the scripture is this idea that, you know, uh, that there's these hidden things, Mm. right. That are going on and, and that somehow you need the, the Holy spirit that's going to enlighten you to these hidden things. Yeah. So Gnosticism is this fancy word that gets thrown out a lot for different reasons. One of the main reasons that the word Gnosticism gets thrown out is it's a very old, like as early as old as the early church, that that there are people who understand the scripture at like the general truth level. And then there are people who like really understand it because they they see these hidden messages in the scripture that are revealed to just them because they're they're special and unique in this way. Um, that That's that idea of, of discovering this hidden truth that no one's found before uh, is what Gnosticism is all about, <laughs> discovering the secret uh, behind the, the the seemingly truthful. And and there are movements among um, some in the church today who, who talk like this, that there's this general pastoral level to understand a passage, but then you need someone with an apostolic gifting to give you the, the meaning of that passage for you in this particular time. There's, there's the general, yeah, that's what that passage means to, to Joe Schmo, but to you, it means something very, very different, and here's what it is. Don't you think people do that as well, though, be- besides some apostolic you know, gifting, just the fact that you have a seminary degree, mm. and that because you have a seminary degree means you have some sort of more either closeness to God that they don't have or ability to know God's word that you don't have. Yeah, I think there's a difference between having more training in how to read the Bible well and having a gifting and being able to see things in Scripture that no one else can see. I think what what we do as as pastoral staff here is something that can be replicated by anyone who wants to take the time. I don't mean that in a facetious way, but like who who wants to invest in learning how to exegete passages well. It's not a secret. It's not a. It's not this extra spiritual gift that that no one else can possess. But, but you can learn tools that will help you understand how language works and how communication works and how writing works, so that you can understand authors and how they make points and what they're intending to say and what they're probably not intending to say. And it, and I think that's a great point, by the way. This isn't just a Bible thing, right? This is a literature thing. And th- this is the one of the things that I'm I'm finding in my own ministry context is that I just don't think we read well. No. Like we don't let authors make points and then have us evaluate their points. We, we do the reader response. We do the choose your own adventure where we will just like believe whatever you want about what people write. Well, here's what that meant to me. Well, it doesn't really matter what it meant to you because the author had an intention. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the journey of biblical exegesis of, 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 of unearthing what the text has to say is just trying to figure out what is John 
mean when he writes in John 14 and 16 that the Holy Spirit is going to come to the apostles? What does that mean? And what does that mean for us? Yeah. So, Greg, then what would you say? And I apologize. I wasn't at your sermon. I was that's pre- okay. I was preaching in a different I, church. I accept your apology. Uh, what would you say then to somebody that asks, okay, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. Mm. What is the role of the Holy Spirit then as I'm reading my Bible? Yeah, I would I would say that it is it's the Holy Spirit who will illuminate is is the word that's used in theology, but it it's the Holy Spirit who will show you that what is in the scripture is actually true. That that that's the role of illumination. So it's not just that you can understand it, it's that you actually believe it. So I was going to read uh 1 Corinthians 2 in my sermon, but I didn't have have time to. Um and in this Paul says these words. He says uh starting verse uh, I will start, sure, I'll start in verse seven. So Paul's saying, look, we, de- we declare wisdom, God's wisdom, a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time. None of the rulers of this age understood it, this wisdom of God's. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it's written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. So Paul's talking about inspiration of the spirit for the scriptures. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, who knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God? What we've received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words, right? Inspired, it's inspired, it's inspired. Verse 14, sorry, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness Mm. and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the spirit. They're not going to love it because they don't have the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to mere human judgments for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. So here's what Paul's saying. We're teaching you things that are from the spirit. They're spirit taught truths. If you don't have the spirit, you're going to hear us talk about these things and you're going to think it's just craziness, but that's because you don't have the spirit to illuminate it for you. But those of us who have the spirit, we have the mind of Christ. So we can access and understand and love what God has revealed in scripture because the spirit fills us. And a part of that filling means he illuminates scripture for us to understand. And I think an important part here to just clarify is I think some people will make the mistake of thinking that understanding the scripture is all about head knowledge. No. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Oh, through the spirit, I can understand the Bible. We're, we're talking about something much deeper than just under having head knowledge of the Bible. Right, Greg? Yeah. It includes it, but it doesn't stop there. Like there are good, there are people who can read literature well, who can understand Paul's arguments. But then at the end of the day, they think that's craziness. I don't believe it. They understood it. Right. But they don't, because there's, because there's this gap in there mm. between having head knowledge and acting on that knowledge. Yeah. And, I, and I, would, I would say loving that knowledge is, is the way I try to frame it, that it's not just knowing it, it's loving it. And even if we know our lives don't match it, it, it it's, a, it's this desire because part of the Spirit's role in us is to convict us of sin and show us righteousness. It's that desire in us to have our life match it because we love it as truth. And so we want to live in response to it as revealed as truth. So then what do you do in a situation where you have two professing Christians, Yep. both believe they're filled with the Spirit, but yep. say they come to the Bible, both reading it, but 
pick an example, same-sex marriage, homosexuality. Sure. They're gonna, they have different opinions on it, different yep. convictions that they say, well, I have the spirit and I've come to this place. Yep. And this is what the spirit has guided me. And they're going to say, well, I have the spirit too. I'm a Christian. This is where the spirit has guided me. Yep. What do you do then? Because yep. both are going to claim that they have the spirit, that technically the spirit should, you know, be guiding them in that. Yep. Is one of them, does one of them have a false spirit in them? Like, is the other side, like, what do you, how do you make that distinction? Right. So, I mean, I would probably start off by saying that I think First uh, Corinthians 3 is, is helpful imagery for us in the sense that all teachers are going to be judged, have their teaching judged on the quality that it possessed. So some of our work is going to stand as gold and stone, and some of it's going to be burned up like wood, hay, and stubble. Um, so that's going to be true for all Christian teachers. So we, what I say, what I mean by saying that is that we all have areas in our teaching where I think at judgment day, we're going to realize, oh, I was wrong there. So then how do we make sense of how some people can say, I'm filled with the spirit. I hold position A, which is diametrically opposed to someone who says they're filled with the spirit and holds position B. So the go-to response in our culture would be, well, it's not that everyone has a truth for themselves. That, that, that position A, that's true for them. Position B, that's true for them. The, the issue with that is that, as Andy could probably articulate better, that's just not how truth works. We can't just say that something is true for you, but not for me. If it's true, it's true. So then the other part we have to go to is, okay, so how would we then evaluate which position is true and which one is not on the basis of what scripture teaches? And and quite honestly, what it will come down to is, do people have a viewpoint that scripture is in itself sufficient for all we need to believe and obey perfectly as it is, or does it have a trajectory that points us towards an ethic that is different from the scripture as articulated in the pages? Do you know what I mean? So, so either the scripture says, provides principles to describe what is actually true for all places and times, depending on how we understand the principle and the context of that, or it's just a guide to point us towards something that is even better than what scripture revealed. So there's a guy named William Webb, who wrote a book that in his book, he argues that the ethic that the scriptures teach is always higher than the ethic of the surrounding culture. So the old Testament taught ethics that were higher than the old Testament culture, that the new Testament taught ethics that were higher than the new Testament culture. And therefore you see a trajectory. So what God is after William Webb would say is that the trajectory of increased ethics over the situational culture that you're in. So the point isn't understand what the passage says. The point is find out where that passage, what trajectory that passage is pointing to. And that's the hermeneutic that a lot of people use when they're reading the scriptures and saying, we know that the Bible says that this is not allowed in terms of homosexual relations. Like no one is saying that the scripture teaches that it's allowed. What they're saying is it's not authoritative or sufficient for us in this time because of these other cultural reasons. Mm or because of these other biblical hermeneutic how to read the Bible reasons. Does that make sense? 100%. I don't hear anyone saying the scripture teaches that same-sex relationships are like totally good to go. No, I mean, the big one about Matthew Matthew Vines is the big guy, God and the gay Christian, he's yep. called. And he, yep. his whole thing is, well, they were just doing it wrong. Like they, it wasn't a mutual love. Right. And so they're saying, but if we have this mutual love, then the then that's their trajectory. Right, exactly. So what would be like a modern day trajectory of now? Is there, I mean, this is the, the problem with the trajectory argument 
is that you can't actually with specificity define what that traject what that gap between the ethic of the culture and the ethic of God's intention actually is. So what would it look like in our context? Because we're an egalitarian society uh, where where men and women are equal not only in value but in every role in every situation. That's mm-hmm. that's culturally where we're at uh, in churches and, and outside. So if we apply the trajectory hermeneutic, it would probably lead to matriarchy. I would I would think mm-hmm. because what would be what would be the next step? If the trajectory argument is true, what's the next step higher than egalitarianism? It's matriarchy. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or you'd have to find another argument. You'd, ha- you'd have to argue that there's another, maybe matriarchy is not it. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a different thing we haven't discovered yet that, that is representative of the gap. Mm. But that's the problem with the viewpoint, is that there's no way with specificity to be able to identify what the gap was between the Old Testament culture and the Old Testament teaching or the New Testament uh, historical culture and the New Testament teaching, and likewise, h- how do we identify that gap in our own context? Hmm. Where, whereas the scripture passages themselves, John 14, John 16, um, you know, how the Spirit is going to guide the apostles into all things, and will teach them all things, and will remind them of everything that Jesus said. That like That's exhaustive language in terms of that the apostles are going to have enough information that is needed for us to believe perfectly about what God wants us to believe and how to obey him. And that's what Paul says in second Timothy three as well with scripture being sufficient. So for every good work. Yeah. And I'm, I'm liking what you're putting down there, Greg. (laughs) That was good. Good. That was a good, uh, some good radio. If I, if I, um, just to, uh, clarify if I'm understanding you correctly, then Greg, what you would be saying is if two people, are equally claiming to be led by the Holy Spirit and come to different conclusions, then you're going to question whether or not that person is actually being led by the Holy Spirit in the conclusion that they've reached in the Scripture or whether or not they've reached the conclusion that they wanted the Scriptures to reach. So mm. my my understanding is that the way in which the Spirit will guide us into all truth is to guide us into the truth that the apostles articulate. Not into our personal truth. No. But that the Holy Spirit did guide the apostolic witness into all that was needed. And we know we As are the being, authors of the Bible. Yes. And we, we know that we are being guided into that same truth by the Spirit because he illuminates for us the apostles' teaching, not just so we understand it in our head, but we love it in our heart. The apostles' teaching mm-hmm. is what we believe and love. So the illuminating work of the Spirit, I think, is to help us understand in a head and heart way what the apostles taught. Yeah. We become aligned with them. Right. And we'd love what they loved. Right. Hmm. So so that that's how I would essentially argue it. Now, what I want to be careful not to say is that, that I am therefore now going to make pronouncements on people if they disagree with me on a theological issue, that no matter what the issue, that that means they're not filled to the Spirit and I am. I, I don't want to jump to that conclusion. That's not a fair, uh, next step. But, but what I am saying is that there, there is a truth that we can be guided into and all of our teaching is going to be filled with elements that is not as true as we could have proclaimed it to be. Hmm. Right. So the example I'm using now is that, you know, a guy like John MacArthur, uh, and me have very different views on whether there are going to be degrees of rewards in heaven or not. So I I think we'll both be in heaven. I just think one of us, our teaching on rewards is going to be burned up and one of us, our teaching on rewards is not. 
And notice the distinction there. We're not saying that we both we think we're both right. We think one of us is right and one of right. us is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. We're just not currently sure who's right and who's wrong. Right. Although I'm convinced I'm right, right, or else I wouldn't hold this view, yeah. right. Uh, and so it's one of those things, though, that I think as Christians we can at what what we often hear at Northview call open handed issues. Mm-hmm. There are things that we can have grace about with regards to. Uh, our disagreement with one another on um, what we would consider to be a minor issue. Right. So I want to say again, just because I feel like I want people who are frustrated when they hear me talk about the sufficiency of scripture, that, that I'm not saying that the, the spirit can't or won't use extra biblical means to guide us. He can, and he will, as he wants to, because he's God. And that's kind of what you're going to talk about next I'm week. Talk about that this upcoming weekend. Awesome. What I am saying is that it's not needed for an individual's life for their own perfect obedience in that you're not going to get a better, you're not going to be closer to God because you experience him in different ways than other people. Hmm. So we'll talk about that more this weekend. This weekend. And I guess maybe we'll do a podcast the weekend after we can suss this out a little bit more. We'll probably have to. Yeah. I look forward to doing that. Wow. Wow, Gentlemen, this has been a great podcast and this has been a great exploration into the the minds of you two and you know reading and leading um i i should apologize i made lots of clicking noises during the podcast because i was playing with the cord of the headset and it was clicking against the table a lot that sound that was mm -hmm. me but i stepped in and he stepped in andy stepped in and told me stop doing that Mm -hmm. my son andy's so wise always always looking out for us young millennials hey greg wow look how that came I've given I've given uh, Daniel the sign to wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. I was trying to, and then you distracted Did me. You see that? Wrap hey, it. This has been a great podcast. Thank you for joining <laughs> us, and we will see you next week. <laughs>